Hello and welcome to Kicking Balls, the podcast where two 20-something Americans give out a whole lot of opinions on soccer as if they're fact. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Hello, hello. Um, we told ourselves before this that this was going to be a short one, so um, let's see if that actually happens, but there's not too much to talk about, so I actually think that we might not be lying to you. We'll see. We'll see. Sometimes we say that and then we end up on a ramble that we didn't anticipate, but you we'll know, see. It will always happen, um, but we'll start off. There was no Premier League, so we'll just start off with some FA Cup talk and really the only thing to talk about or what we decided to talk about was the first meeting of city v arsenal um which was in the fourth round in the fa cup um we which... talked about this last week a little bit um and i feel like the stakes of the game for me went down drastically when arteta did not play our top lineup um, yeah i'm gonna and- say I don't think this really told us much at all. No, I don't think it's told us um, anything. <laughs> I was I was hoping that Arsenal played their best lineup just because I think that would have told us a little bit more yeah. about what to expect when they meet each other in the Premier League. And they they did they played some of them like Saka played. Um, yeah. And I will say, like from a city perspective, I was very pleased at how Saka had a really difficult time getting into the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I, he was very well defended by Nathan Ake, which is he's one of their most dangerous players. So happy to see him being defended well. But again, he's being defended well when it's not when Odegaard is not in. So it didn't really tell you that much about, you know, yeah. really it was like City, if Arsenal is not playing their top team, like City should win and City did win. And um, I will say, I, I, I want to give a shout out to some Arsenal players like, we had plenty of chances. Like, in all honesty, like, we probably, maybe not should have won, but definitely could have won that game. And really the only reason we didn't was that we took Partey out. And, I mean, Lakonga just went out on loan. So I think that tells you kind of the club standing with him. Um, But he was the reason, I, I would say, that not the reason, but I think that our midfield, I think maybe could have prevented the, I'm not saying city wouldn't have scored otherwise, but I think that this goal that they let up, I think probably could have been prevented with our best midfielders out there. Um, but I don't know I'm what the outcome would have been with otherwise. You. I'm going to disagree. I don't, well, of course you're going to disagree Arsenal, with me. Whatever. Arsenal had, Arsenal had lots of chances. I, I think Arsenal could have won the game. But I don't think they didn't win the game because Partey got taken out. Like, I think that was a big issue. I think that was a big thing of it, actually. If you actually watch their midfield move and the distance between players of City's midfield and Arsenal's midfield, it changed drastically when Partey was out. I'm not arguing that he did uh, doesn't impact the game, but I don't think that's like you're. What you said is they would have won had Partey stayed in, and I, I don't I, think that's I, true. I, I think that they maybe should have won if he had stayed in. I don't think that's true either. I think they have a better chance of winning if Partey stays in. But I, I would think... have been okay. Let me rephrase again. I would have been disappointed to lose if he had stayed in. Okay. And I am ambivalent and don't really care at all about the result now. 
Yeah. Does that, I'm does, that supply, does that supply with you the correct wording so that I don't sound whatever? No, it, it's you can say whatever you want. Like, if you think that, you can think that. I just don't agree. Okay. I will say, though, two and a half weeks away, um, I think it will be a very, very, I think it almost felt like we were talking about this, too. We were like, oh, fuck, what if this ends in a tie? It almost felt yeah. like neither team really was playing. Like, it almost I agree. Like, why are we City is... in the fourth round of the FA Cup? And this yeah. is, like, the biggest, like, meet like the biggest competition this season and like why are we meeting now it, it yeah felt like even, that so I think the Premier League will just be it'll be a better game yeah completely I, I think it will be a much better game honestly this game was kind of boring like it was oh a pretty God. boring game I turned it um, off because I was like actually needing to do my homework and I was like because Arsenal wasn't playing our top lineup I again was like okay whatever and I literally was like, I can't keep watching this and actually get my work done. But I just think that, like, it's almost nice. I feel like maybe they got both sides, maybe got rid of some of their, like, jitters surrounding it a little bit. I maybe. Think, and, like, I, feel I don't like know. What happened was, even though City played what is, at this current moment, probably their best 11, it is uh, minus goalkeeper. We played our backup goalkeeper. Yeah. It is not actually City's best eleven if everybody is playing well. Yeah, I, yes, so I, I I would agree with that. Yeah, it is it is City's current form best eleven. Yeah. Um, but I, the one thing I can say is that I, I again do not think it told us very much at no. all about what the game is going to look like in a couple of weeks because no. I think, um like players like Phil Foden and players like De Bruyne and players like Bernardo Silva can find their form again in a drop of a hat. So they could, I don't know that they will, but I think if they find their form again in the next two weeks, which is not at all inconceivable that they could do, I think that really shifts what game we're looking like. I think if, if, if your best 11 played the best 11 that city played on Friday, then I think Arsenal probably wins. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, but I think I much like this is not, but I think much like this is not, this was not Arsenal's best 11. This is not the best version of City either. No, I and some of that agree. is down to current form rather than yeah. roster selection. Yeah. Um, but form, while it isn't far away, form can shift quite a bit in two weeks. Yeah. So we Again, will see. It, it. I don't know. I don't know if anyone was really chalking this up to try and be like, I, like oh this is what we have to look forward to like I think people some people were but I think I think really the game to pay attention to is the one that's coming up in the Premier League I agree we'll set the stage obviously for that competition um and honestly I am not upset at all that Arsenal has one less competition to worry about honestly yeah it's like really it's it's honestly quite I'm like actually very happy. I was I I feel like I might have mentioned this, but I wanted Arteta to not play our best lineup. In yeah, game. you did. I um I think preferred given- that, and I did not mind that, and I don't think many Arsenal fans would have said otherwise. Um, and so obviously they wanted to win, and I think you know that is expressed, and I think they played well, but I think um the focus is the league, and I'm fine. With I'm that gonna be honest. Not that I think the players like 
Arsenal players like intentionally lost or anything, but I did not feel like they particularly wanted to win that badly, like watching the game. No, it didn't. No, and that's what no, there was no like, sense of urgency. There was no urgency. No, and I felt like, and I honestly felt like City didn't really have much urgency either. Like, no, I don't think either team was really. That's what I was trying to say. Like, neither team was like, they almost were like, can we just please not get both teams and just get this game over with? <laughs> like, yeah, both teams were kind of like, I felt like, I feel like both teams were kind of like, like it, it was like one of those scenes where it's a fight and they're just kind of circling each other before they yeah. start hitting each other. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. what this whole game felt like. It was. Where they were just kind of circ. They were just kind of like, "What are you gonna do? What am I gonna do? What are you What's, gonna do? What am like, I gonna do?" Like there wasn't like, yeah. and I think that made for a very boring game. But yes. I would bet that both Pep and Arteta came away from it with oh. a lot of thoughts. Oh, absolutely. Oh, they totally were just using this as like a data like, yeah, supplier. And like, you think- know, like I'm sure that that's what it was for. I would tell you the only thing that got me worked up about this game is that I got very nervous um, about some injuries. Yes. Because John Stones came out injured. Which is he okay? He seems to be okay. okay. I haven't heard anything haven't about paid. it. Yeah. But that one was really stressing me out because we City has a lot of defensive vulnerabilities and we really – and John Stones, I think, is our best defender, so we really need him to not be hurt. Um, and then Rob Holding was beating the shit out of Erling Holland, um, which stressed me out a lot yeah he went down at some point and it looked and it was like a head injury at some point and I was like god don't let him have a concussion he didn't he's fine he didn't come out um (laughs) but it really stressed me out like um yeah no I yeah that's I feel like that was like the biggest worry that out coming out of this game for both teams was like is someone major going to get hurt like yeah um, I agree I agree the only thing I I have a love hate relationship with the fact that um, Rob Holding will not be playing when we play in the Premier League because on the one hand like he it's like literally cannot touch Erling Holland like he can like he's just not cut out for that he is not cut out for it but on the other hand no, like he's because he's not cut out for it he was a lot more like likely to injure you know so I'm like I I both want him to play because I think we'd well he won't we'd, be he'd be easier to be he'd be more vulnerable but I also don't want him to hurt anybody and because he's more vulnerable he's, he's more just like a massive so. liability back there um so I think we're, we yeah no um anyway um those are like our thoughts on that um catch us you know when the actual game gets played in two weeks um I yeah think. I will just I will just say I thought um it was really cute the way um. Uh, a bunch of the city players and Zinchenko were yeah. like buddy buddy after the game. They're cl- they're all clearly still very good friends, um, which is nice to see. It's always nice when a player leaves the club on good terms. Oh, um, absolutely. Even when they play on another team or even a rival team in this case in the same league, that the players still hold a lot of respect for each other and that like everybody is happy um, for each other yeah. and everybody is is you know is on good terms. That's always nice to see. So that was. You know, yeah, you agree. That was nice. I was like, that's cute. <laughs> Thanks for giving us but, your players. Always um, appreciated. That's um, kind of the only notable thing from the FA Cup this week. Um, yeah, nothing too. The only, the only thing, well, Brighton beat Liverpool again. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't find that surprising because um, they had already done it. <laughs> yeah. So that it was, it was a late goal. So like yeah. it was a late winner from Brighton. 
Um, Man United beat Reading 3-1, which is only worth noting because the Manchester United fans, like, had a meltdown because Casemiro scored two of the goals. Um, (laughs) And they were like, oh, my God, best DM in the league, best DM in the league. I'm like, he scored twice against Reading. Yeah, like, if that's the bar to set as being the best defensive midfielder in the league, then we should probably work on that. (laughs) I'm like, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) maybe maybe that's not the one what really got me though is the fact that there were fully serious man U fans um on twitter going look how happy he is he's so much happier than when he ever was before this is the happiest he's ever been in his career how many how many how many champions leagues has casemiro won with real madrid like five four enough and you're gonna tell me (laughs) and you're gonna tell me that beating redding in the fourth round of the FA was Cup. Was the happiest he's ever been. Was the ever happiest been, moment of his ever. career. <laughs> Pipe down. Pipe down. Insanity, like, to say the least. Your team is pl- your team should beat the crap out of Reading. If you are not beating Reading, that's a problem. That is a major problem. And, yeah. Don't celebrate um, too much what is expected of you. Well, I mean, yeah. I guess you can. Like, but- come on now. Um, no other, no other like really notable upsets really, um, Leeds won their game of the, of the prem teams that are playing, um, Fulham is going to a replay. Um, they played Sunderland, so they'll be going to a replay. Um, Tottenham won their game. Um, can I say something? West Ham won theirs. Um, I want to talk briefly about Rex on that. Oh, that's what I, that, see, Great minds think alike. That's what I was going to say. Because I thought it was really funny the amount of people who are like buying ESPN Plus literally to watch a non-league soccer team like Wrexham in the FA Cup of all things. But I guess it's the way to I get mean, into soccer. <laughs> I, I mean, here's the thing. Here's the interesting thing. Wrexham has been a very big topic on Twitter recently in this sort of particularly amongst U.S.-based um, soccer fans because yeah. there's some MLS fans that are getting a little butthurt that people are buying into Wrexham um, <laughs> as their buy into soccer, in which is a they're in like the fourth tier of they're low a, guys, so low. They're like, and and you know, and they're but you know, Ryan Reynolds bought and bought them, and so he's the owner now, and so and they made a a a you know a documentary, a docu series yeah. about it. Welcome to Wrexham, which I haven't watched, but I've heard is excellent. Yeah, I haven't um, watched it either, but. Um, but I've heard it's excellent. And I think, you know, when you have a charismatic, a, a likable celebrity like Ryan Reynolds, um, who sort of create, who who sort of buys into the culture of this Welsh club and sort yeah. of promotes the culture that already exists at this Welsh club, what you get is a story that people like. Yes. Um, and, and much like the Ted Lasso Oh, it's totally being like that. I mean, it's totally like it's like people like the people who like Ted Lasso like this kind of thing. Yeah. And why I think it's silly that MLS people are getting butt hurt that people who don't want to go to MLS games are buying into this Wrexham thing. What they're failing to understand about it is that the reason Wrexham is appealing is not because it's soccer, it's because the story. Like you need to do a better if you want people to buy into MLS, you need to build a different type of culture. Soccer doesn't work in, with the same kind of fan culture that like other American sports do. Like football has a different because football is like a different type of sport, you have to like 
fan culture is different. And so if you're gonna build that loyalty, you have to, there has to be a, people like stories. Like you can't just rely on, in the US at least, it's much harder to rely on just geographic, you know, this is the MLS team in your city. So you should be a fan of them. Like you're asking people to buy into something that they have never bought into before. And in order for them to do that, they need something more than geographics. And that's why you see these people buying into Wrexham. But you also see in the same way, people buying into Leeds. Yeah. Um, and well, we'll also... talk about Leeds a little bit when we talk about the transfer window. But like, like, so people who are like all butthurt about it, I'm like, you just need to do a better job of marketing the MLS. Like you're just, do you're marketing it wrong. Like you're I trying also... to do something. I also think too, like it comes down to, and I think from what I've heard, my mom watched some of the Wrexham show and what she was saying was it really does a good job of depicting the team that is like an integral part of the community and like has just is like the backbone of everyone there and it like shows the history of it and like why and why it's so important and why these fans even though their team is so low care so much yeah, And I think that to your point of like, I don't think that any U.S. team in any sport, but I, I think we can argue for the MLS can create that because it's just not the same or they'd have to work really, yeah. really hard to create football something teams, like that. Football teams in the U.K. are based, they, they're, they're not, so I heard somebody put it this way in the sense that sports teams in the u.s are franchises yeah sports teams in the uk are clubs yeah and this is a is more than just a term difference the football clubs in the u.s all of them even the big boys they started as community organizations yes exactly a long long time ago they started out um you know even the even the ones with oodles of money now that are not owned by anybody who's had a foothold in those communities long term they were all based in and this is true of europe at large but they're clubs they're not franchises yeah so so they have these stories that go back generations you meet people in the uk who they're fans of the team because they grew up there and their grandfather was you know a fan of the team and their great great grandfather and and, you know everybody back to you know when the club was formed somebody in their family has been a fan of that club like it's it's just a different thing and and the mls you can't manufacture that but you still have to come up with something that gets people to buy into a story um and they seem to have a difficult time doing that and all this to say, all this to say, I think the hype about Wrexham is kind of fun. If it gets more people into watching, yeah. I have, you know, absolutely no problem with that. I think that's great. Um, I think good for Ryan Reynolds for like being really invested in it and as going as far as being like physically at the game yeah. and like going through it he was going through it it was Um, quite if you haven't seen them it is quite funny to watch his reactions because you can tell like 
I don't know how much about football he knew, like how much of a football fan he was maybe before or whatever, but you can clearly tell he's like getting a quick like indoctrination into the stress that one can feel in a game yeah. like that. Um, also, funnily enough, funnily enough, John Green was also there. <laughs> like in a bunch of the in a bunch of the reaction photos of Ryan Reynolds, like John Green is just like sitting behind him. Like That's so funny. Um, which if you didn't know, I forget which team he supports, but John Green is a very big yeah. football fan. Um, yeah. which is not something I knew for a really long time, but I do now, and I just think that's interesting. Um anyway, all this to say, Wrexham tied Sheffield United, so they will be going into a um a replay. One. Um so yeah. but just thought we would uh, mention it. Yeah. Just um, throwing it, throwing it out there. We're going to move on to the transfer market wrap up. It wrapped up yesterday uh-huh. on Tuesday. Um, and I think I have a couple of things to say about Arsenal. Cot has a couple of things to say about city. We want to talk about Leeds, and then maybe talk about Chelsea and mm-hmm. anything else. Um, but just to start with Arsenal, um, I think we had mentioned that they had picked up Troussard and another defender yep. last week. Um, but the big move, they obviously needed and they did need, and I'm fine. They have no, they had no one to replace Partey mm-hmm. if he got injured. Mm-hmm. Um, or just to we manage trying- game time, too. What? Or just to manage game time, too. Exactly. Um, and obviously a big problem um and so we were trying to get like i think it might be 22 cal Ciedo. i forget i don't know exact from brighton but that just oh, yeah. wasn't working um and brighton i don't think really wanted to sell him or it was too much money um and i feel they like they don't the, want to sell him mid-season like yeah, it was just- which is fine and i think the theme of arsenal this transfer window which i actually kind of appreciate was we're gonna go for some of these players like they went from modric but when it didn't work, they just turned to plan B and they didn't like fuck around and waste time. I feel like Arsenal used the January window the way, in my opinion, it should be used, yeah. which is to to shore up some holes in your roster, whether from injuries or from what else, and just sort of like patch up the holes a little bit and get you to the summer. Yeah. And like get you and so that you can get keep your momentum or whatever we'll talk about it in a moment but generally speaking january is not the time to overhaul your roster or and gen and generally speaking january is also not a time when anybody big is moving around no. usually usually. Um, usually it's usually a pretty you know s- younger guys will move between there there's loans that happen somebody will pull like in that. Somebody will get pulled in because of loan or somebody will get loaned out or or you'll pull somebody in because you've got an injury and you need to plug a hole. But I feel like Arsenal did a good job. They just shored up a couple spaces that they didn't have guys or they needed a backup and they didn't like try to overhaul their squad or like add a big star power or anything like that. That's what summer windows are for. Yeah. So I think they they did pretty good business. I think. Um, and they did. So they got Jorginho from Chelsea, which is funny. Um in and of itself um and like I know you texted me like what did you think I was like we had no one and now we have someone and like honestly yeah. like 
He's played in the Premier League before. He's more experienced. If he had to play, I don't think he would like screw something up, you know, like yeah. type of thing. Like he I will think... probably fit into Arteta's system fine. And I know that yeah. Arteta has spoken highly of him before. So that makes me feel like he fits into the system. Yeah, I'm and- of the opinion from an outsider's view. I'm of the opinion that Jorginho Georg- is incredibly average. Yeah, like he's super average. Um, he got so overhyped. Um, yes. the when- the year that uh, Chelsea won the Champions League, and then Italy, Italy won, won the Euros. Euros. So I think that's what really did it. And everybody like lost their shit over Jorginho. Like he was never that good. He's just average. He's but he's, he's a serves- fine backup. Right, he like, serves the purpose that Arsenal exactly. need him for very well. Exactly, like, he so, serves he serves the purpose they need. Like people yeah. are like, oh my god, la, 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 Jorginho, and I'm like, he is very average, but he does he does what Arsenal needs him to do, which is he can come and be backup, um, to let Partey get a little bit of rest here and there if he needs it, or if you know, in the unfortunate event, should some he pick up an injury you're not left scrambling with absolutely no six. Exactly. Exactly. And that's like, again, that's exactly what I wanted. And honestly, like in the summer, maybe we go look for someone a little bit, like maybe you go look for slightly more, but like, I am happy, especially because the two main signings have played in the premier league, have experienced the league. Like, I feel like those are just good things to have especially mm-hmm. when you're coming in mid-season and having to like exactly yeah. system. so Absolutely. I am pretty I'm pleased with Arsenal's window I think that some people were like oh no we didn't get some of these bigger people I'm like I don't care that we didn't get Mudrick because honestly who knows if that would have worked and that would have been a lot of money and, and I'm we'll just talk glad about that Chelsea. we used the um January window as we did. We'll talk more about Chelsea in a minute, but do you wanna um something happened at City that I feel like Yeah, so City didn't really bring City didn't really bring anybody in. I think I mentioned it in one of the episodes recently, but we did sign a young Argentine midfielder um that we're bringing over after the like he's playing in a youth playing in an under 20 tournament of some kind with Argentina right now, but he's coming to city after. Mm. Um, I'm not sure exactly. I think he's more of an eight, six box to box guy. Um, he's not a 10, but, um, that was the only guy we really brought in. Um, and it didn't really seem like we were going to do any other moves until Monday, <laughs> literally 24 hours before the, uh, window closes news breaks that, um, Cancelo, is out he is uh being loaned out to Bayern for the rest of the season um this is interesting for a number of reasons one it was really last minute um City don't tend to make last minute moves they don't like that they're very very methodical uh Chiki and um who does their sort of runs the whole show basically and Pep like they have their targets they don't do anything impulsively like at all so it's very unlike them to have players moving out yeah. Um, especially because left back has been a problem position at city for a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, for, for many years now, city have not really had, um, a proper, proper left back. Um, frankly, even Cancelo is not a prof- proper ref- left back. He's technically a right back. Yeah, but exactly. He left back. Um, but it, it, nonetheless, we don't have. Before he he left, City had four 
genuine fullbacks on their squad. <laughs> yeah. And that includes and that includes Rico Lewis, who's 18 and has just been called up to the first team. That is if you are including Rico Lewis. There's four of them. Um so then you you lose Cancelo and you're down to three, which includes Rico Lewis, who is 18 and who's phenomenal, but is 18. And it also includes Sir, Sergio Gomez, who we have not seen really find his place in this team yet. It doesn't seem like Pep really has much trust in him yeah, uh, or anything like that. Um, so, <laughs> so the only experienced <laughs> fullback City has now in their entire, in their entire team is Kyle Walker. <laughs> um, Fun times. Which, uh, if you're wondering why Kinsella left so abruptly, um, you may have noticed he has not played much since the World Cup. Um, he has not been in good form recently. Um, he wasn't in good form for Portugal at the World Cup, and he has not been. And he, frankly, wasn't even in very good form before the World Cup. Um, yeah. He City have not won a game with, or had not won a game with Kinsella on the field since October. Um which is a crazy Which is not great. I think you said that to me, and that's, like, wild to me to think about. Yeah, that's, like, not great. So that tells you a little bit. He hasn't been – I mean, he was arguably one of our best three players last year. Um, but basically, he wasn't playing very well. He's been dropped from the squad, essentially. Dropped from the starting 11. Yeah. Now, we talked about this a little bit. We've talked about City a, couple, a little bit the past couple of weeks and sort of their, their various issues. And there's a lot of guys who aren't really in form and aren't really playing well and all that jazz. Um, he is not the only one who got dropped from the starting lineup. I mean, him, Phil Foden, and Bernardo Silva, the three of them got dropped. Yeah. yeah. Um, but essentially, what the, what the rumors are saying, and of course, this is all like, you know, nobody is going to really know unless, you know, Peps straight out says it. But I yeah. will actually tell you from what Phil Foden was talking to the press today, I, I do kind of believe it. Um, essentially, what is what has been, you know, bandied about is that Cancelo was throwing a bit of a fit, a bit of a long-term fit, um, about not getting enough playing time and that he was stirring up trouble in the locker room and at training and was like getting into it with Pep and allegedly now this is the part I'm not sure I believe but I, I certainly believe he was throwing a little bit of a, it was being a little immature about it and, and not and just sort of bitching and moaning about not playing um I certainly yeah. believe that that's true um but apparently there's rumors that he like squared up to Pep at training um <laughs> seriously I didn't That's, read that. That yeah, that one went around. I'm not sure I buy that, but apparently he was like he's definitely been you know stirring up stirring up a little bit of attitude, um, and allegedly many of the players sort of came to Pep's defense. Yeah. Um, the those that were named were uh, Ruben Diaz and Phil Foden. Um, sort of named that they were like. And I think it's interesting because Phil Foden is another one of those players that's been dropped. Um, so that yeah. for him to have been named as sort of telling Kinsella to pipe down is interesting. But nonetheless, yeah. he he essentially, the r rumor has it that Kinsella said, um, I'm not playing, I want to leave. Oh, good. And, and, and like, they, or like, I'm, I'm going to leave, like threaten to leave, basically. Um, and that Pep and the club said, okay, then, bye. Bye. <laughs> Yeah. Um, which which I think like Pep has always talked that talk in the sense that he's always said um, we haven't really seen it play out before, but he has always said 
we are not going to keep people who don't want to be here. Like Pep is nobody is bigger than the club. Nobody is bigger than the team. Like no one person is bigger than it. Um, If you don't want to be here, you can go like, we're not going to keep you here. And I think Pep, Pep seems to be at the end of his fuse anyway. So I think he just, he was like, all right, you're out, you're out. Yeah. Now, now Cancelo, um, it it is a loan. So he's not, not been sold. Um, Right. I believe the deal was something along the lines of there wasn't much fees involved. Byron is going to pay his salary for the rest of the year. Yeah, Um, that would make sense. Which I think Kinsella has a pretty decent, decently sized salary. Um, but Kinsella did sign a pretty long term deal just last year. Um, so there's there's that. But essentially, I, I the, it's complicated because, like I said earlier, City has very few proper fullbacks. So it's it's frustrating in that sense. But outside of that. I'm I have no problem with this yeah um yeah if he's if he's making trouble if he is I I frankly don't really Pep has always rotated his squad um there are very few people who can confidently feel as though they will start most games um Cancelo was that last year but he hasn't really all this year and he wasn't in years before that and everybody else kind of seems to be able to deal with that um and i think that's part of being on a pep team part of being on a pep team is constantly having to prove yourself like you have to at all times prove that you should be on the field yeah. and this is kind of what was interesting about pep, um phil foden was uh interviewed today for something i don't know quite what but um foden was essentially saying things along the lines of like yeah you know like like you have to work your ass off essentially like all the time like pep does not you know take slackers and and you know we you have to work really hard and he was talking right. about and then he he sort of was commenting on Cole Palmer and Rico Lewis who are the two yeah. um academy kids yeah. that have sort of found their found some some place a little bit in um in the first team and he's been kind of talking about how he's tried to sort of mentor them a little bit in the sense that like he has been where they are. Like he did, he made the jump that they are making um, yeah. and sort of how the biggest thing is that you have to come to training ready to like, ready to work. Like you have to always work. There's no, there's no like, Oh, you made it to the first team. Congrats. You're here now. You, you can relax. Like it's not. Yeah. There's no, you have to keep like, going all the time you have to keep pushing to be better. Um, and, and the sort of, and he was not talking about Cancelo at all, but it, it sort of also felt like he was kind of talking about Cancelo. Um, you know, like he wasn't talking about it, but it felt very um, applicable to the situation in the sense that um, it, it sort of applies to the, situ- the situation at large and, and just sort of the, with the mindset, what Pep sort of like, mindset is like he is like this is what you have to do you have to like you have to you don't just get a starting spot and you're in the starting spot like his part of his like recruitment strategy is to get players to compete with other players like yeah and so 
you know what? I Cancelo had a little bit of a diva moment. He's at Byron now. Um, he played in Byron's game today. He actually had an assist in Byron's game today, which is a classic. Like, of course, as soon as yeah, he goes to Byron, no, he absolutely. has Absolutely. That's just but that's always um, what happens. So, like, that's just like yeah. it's just like what so, happens. So the reality of the situation is City is left in a less than ideal position in terms of left backs. Um Ake has been playing great there right now um and city is not um opposed to playing a three back um they essentially play a three back when um when rico lewis plays at right back and and essentially city have five center backs and four of them can play as fullbacks yeah Um, it's not like they're lacking it's just it's just not ideal. It's not um, ideal. Yeah, I think that's because the best it's way the of type, it. type of situation where, like, if one or two of their center backs who can play as a fullback picks up an injury, suddenly we're in a little bit of trouble. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I don't think it's. I think it's. I'm not super worried about it. Um, but it is just worth keeping an eye on if Ake were to pick up an injury or if John Stones were to be injured. Um, that causes a little bit of trouble, but. Stones can play out at outside back. A Kanji can play at outside back. Ake has been playing at outside back. Um, yeah, Laporte can play at outside back. Literally all the the center backs except for Diaz <laughs> play have can <laughs> have and can and have played at full, the fullback position. Um, and and yeah. it, I think it was said kind of jokingly, but Pep did say once upon a time that Phil Foden can play left back. So Look, maybe we'll wanna, see. you know what? That's something that he would do. Okay. It it's is like something he you, would do. Okay. <laughs> do you remember when this we, I was joking? Not like we would ever want this to happen. Saka used to be our, our right back. Like he yeah. used to be our defender. Like when he was young and when yeah. he was first playing, he was on defense. And then like slowly moved up the field. Yeah. That's um, not that's not that's not wild. But no, that's essentially wild. the point point was actually that. It would not be the first time that Pep has converted somebody who is not an outside back into being an outside back. Yeah. Your lovely, your lovely left back, Rachel, was not a left back before he played at City. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. Zinchenko and does he is he really a left ten. back though? He plays. Someone was like someone, someone. I forget. Someone wrote laughingly about Arsenal. They were like, Arsenal's currently playing a three-three-three, and then Zinchenko is everywhere. <laughs> something funny like that well because Zinchenko is a 10 (laughs) yeah Zinchenko is a 10 that got converted to a left back so all this to say Pep is gonna figure it out I'm not that worried I wouldn't I yeah I don't think that you're not ideal city fan not ideal but I'm not that worried about it yeah I agree um okay we wanted to lastly let's can let's mention Leeds because I feel like we're gonna rant maybe about Chelsea. Um, yeah. but the big thing is that Weston McKinney is on loan now to Leeds. Um, Juventus hot mess currently. They like got docked fifteen points for something and are like in tenth place. So yeah, really we not a bad move. Um, um, for McKinney to leave and obviously he is joining Tyler Adams. Brendan Aronson and obviously Jesse Marsh at Leeds, um, which they're just becoming the U.S. men's national team at this point. Maybe they can take Pulisic next year too. Um, half joking, honestly. Um, I I said it last week when we were talking about when the last week when we recorded, there were sort of lots of rumors about this, but nothing had happened. Yeah, um, and 
I said it last week and I'm going to repeat it again. I think this is a great move for everybody involved. Yes, um, completely. I'm agree. really pleased. I'm really, really pleased about it. I cannot wait to see what he's going to do. Um, the, the little like welcome videos with him and Tyler Adams were adorable. Very um, cute. Very cute. Tyler I'll Adams, give it to them. Tyler Adams did like his welcome video, uh, which was really cute. Um, yeah. I, I'm enjoying the, I'm enjoying the, the, the content, the content um, <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yeah. So I, I look forward to seeing him play, you yeah. know, with the, with the group. Um, so yeah. Yeah. It should be fun. I was, we were also saying like, Oh, though neither of us really do think that Leeds is going to get relegated. Um, like, Oh, did McKenney just go to this team? Like, McKenney in and of himself will probably keep leads from getting like not I don't want to be like oh he's he will reason that, he will certainly help them he will only help them not games. get relegated you know yeah. so I do think that that is something that we should you know think about and like he's well like it's a good move for everybody involved it's a good move for who because they got to get they got to restructure it's a good move for you know Weston because who is a mess get out while you can yeah. Um, and it's a good move for Leeds because he's a workhorse type player. He's going to run his ass off. He can help with the high press. Yeah, he can score good. goals, but he works defensively as well. He's got great on-field chemistry with um, with Tyler Adams. And um, as Twitter likes to say, he has that dog in him. Yeah. Oh, um, the Leeds fans Tyler. are going to love him. Tyler gets him enough. Yeah, they're gonna love him. Tyler, they love Tyler Adams. Tyler Adams will will get in those little scraps. Um, and Weston McKinney will be Weston McKinney probably gets in more scraps than Tyler Adams. Tyler Adams is the level headed one. He's the level headed one. That's why um, we wanted him to be the captain. <laughs> so yeah, I think Leeds fans, if you if you don't already know this, you're gonna love Weston McKinney. I have a feeling. Yes. But yeah, that's really all there is to say about this. I'm sure yeah. we'll talk about it again as he um as he plays. You know, we just game wanted time, to but... throw it out there. Um, and then the last thing. So we wanted to, dear God, um, <laughs> I Chelsea. Know, we, we, were t- we talked about Chelsea last week as well. Um, and how they kind of like Zhao Felix, Mudrik are very much throwing money. Um, especially Mudrik, who what was like an eight-year deal or something for 80 mil, which is ridiculous, um, seem to just be throwing money at their team in like random hope that they're gonna fix them. Um, and we were saying, oh, they're two very good players, but neither of them are really going to solve the team. Um, well, now I don't think either of us would say this <laughs> most recent move is probably it's probably the best move Chelsea has made for sh- bettering their team or potentially solving their problem however i how much did they end up paying in the end like one 105 105 he million is, for, he is um, the Enzo most Fernandes. expensive the most expensive player by far yeah he costs um in the premier league he cost enzo fernandez cost chelsea um more than twice what city played for erling holland yeah can we a okay. A just, Chelsea, just leave it at that doing? for a second. Yeah, like, they played more than twice for Enzo Fernandez as they as City did for Erling Holland. Yeah, and now Enzo Fernandez is great. I think he's fantastic. He has played half a year in Europe. Yeah, I I'm just like, are you kidding? Like, 
he also wasn't he like not even supposed to go to um he's Portugal been at, until but, wasn't he not even supposed to but he's at Benfica or was at Benfica yeah. but he like was signed in the summer and then he almost like didn't go and they almost sent him out loan, I thought yeah like he almost didn't come until now um but he I think he has spent half a season in Europe. Yes, he won the World Cup. Yes, he was a brilliant, really, really, really integral part of Argentina winning the World Cup. I think he's a brilliant player. I think he's great. I, I think he's fantastic. He has still played only half a season in Europe. And that half a season was in Portugal. Yeah. I mean, like, he looks good in the Champions League. I'm just saying, you're not worth that much money. You have not proven to me at all that you are worth that much money yet. At that all. is a lot. That is way too much money to to spend on a Absolutely player. Absolutely ridiculous. That's young and untested. And I Rid- think he's great. And I think he's, and I think five years from now, he probably would have been worth that money. Um, yeah. And it may be an investment that is worth it long-term if he stays there a while and, you know, they build a team around him. Like, yeah, maybe it is. But it, it's a little ridiculous to me given that they'd already splashed big cash for Joe Felix and Mudrick and you know I I just I don't know what was like the final total like something ridiculous um let me see if I can pull it up I don't even I don't even like want to know it's fine you don't have to um well I'm I'm already (laughs) all right well she's already going for it but um I think we just wanted to, like, as we were saying and mentioned with Arsenal and just other teams, like, you don't normally make this many big-ass moves in a January transfer window. And if you do, they don't normally turn out that well. Like, like, it's not like it's going to be that easy or that simple just to, like, throw these players into your system and have it all work out. Also, again, here's one. Here's Here's a thing for you. Yeah. So apparently the Premier League clubs spent as a group, as oh, the yeah. 20 of them, spent approximately a billion dollars in the yeah, January window. This. Yeah. Chelsea is almost 40% of that. Yeah. Also, La Liga um, got really, really pissed about that and apparently filed something at UEFA about it. Yeah, which, all right, whatever. But um, Chelsea, just Chelsea, Spent more than all the clubs in the Bundesliga, La Liga, Serie A, and Ligue 1 combined. Combined. And, like, I don't know, like, is it because, like, you could argue that, oh, it's it's the American ownership doing what they do, like, for American sports teams. But it's, like, not like no other teams are owned by Americans. But or I just think that Chelsea's not- owners don't actually know what they're doing. And I think that this comes goes back to them firing Tuchel, which I don't think more- really was a... They spent over three hundred million in this transfer window. Yeah, Euro, and that's euros. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Well, or the pounds. euro, the it might yeah. be pounds. The um, pound is basically equal to the dollar right now. So, um, whatever. Anyway, anyway, we don't. I, I'm just that. telling you the currency I'm reading it in. Yeah. Um. Um. They spent over three hundred million. Yeah, and like, in all honesty, like, let's just think about this. Like, actually, do we really think any of it? Like, I mean, it's not like they're going to be worse, but are they going to get significantly better? They, even with their new signings, they are far enough back that they are going to be hard-pressed 
um, to make the Champions League next year. I just agree. because the teams, just because the teams that are are above them, don't look like they're gonna, like even if they win out all the rest of their games, the teams above them would have to lose more than they are likely to lose. Yeah, I don't know. It's a little bit ridiculous. I think it's funny too, like. Mudrik, I can see, but I mean, Fernandez was at Benfica. Benfica's good, and also they're good in the Champions League. Like, yeah, I like, I get it. Chelsea is the bigger name, but if you're actually thinking about the bigger and like maybe better football that you're playing, I just I, find I, it I, interesting. I do find it interesting that Fernandez moved um, in January instead of waiting till the summer. I, I I'm very surprised about that as well. Yeah. Um, maybe it, it might be that Benfica thinks that capitalizing on the world cup hype right now is the best move financially for them. They were going to get the most money from Chelsea. I mean, yeah, is probably true. Yeah. That's definitely um, what happened. But anyway, point anyway. being, Chelsea spent a ridiculous amount of money. We'll see how that ends up working out with them. One last note about Chelsea though. <laughs> Which I think this is really just fucking funny. Um, sure. Apparently, they were trying to loan Ziyech to PSG. Oh, yeah, this is really actually so hilarious. And they and it didn't go through because they didn't they get the paperwork. The wrong, they sent the wrong paperwork three times. Three. They sent paperwork. They sent it wrong three times, and it yeah. didn't. And they didn't end up getting it done before the deadline. I know that's ridiculous like i don't really have anything to say about that i'm just gonna i'm just gonna say it there and then that's it yeah no it's 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 uh yeah a little bit crazy um yeah we'll uh we'll obviously keep tracking how all these transfers go into the future um But we want to just, we have like a couple of like, I would say miscellaneous things to hit on very quickly. Um, First thing, Barca looking good in La Liga. They do have very a game good, in yep. hand, but they have hit 50 points, which is good. And Real Madrid is, I would say, not playing <laughs> anywhere near like fantastic. So, yeah. and Barca is looking very good. Um, they also are yeah. set to meet in the Copa del Rey semifinal. So we have another El Clasico to, to look forward to, um, which on the note of, always be fun. Yeah. On the note of Barca um, and sort of, I guess, transfer window era, era type things. Um, Barca didn't really sign or sell anybody. So it's not that sort of interesting, but they did um, finally get Gavi on a first team contract, which if you think about the fact that he's like one of their star players and was not on a first team contract until Ridiculous. like yesterday yeah. um, is kind of hilarious, despite the fact that he's what 18. Um, but they did finally get Gabi um, on a first team contract and they gave him the sixth Jersey. So Javi yeah. quite literally hands him the Javi Jersey. Yeah. Um, which I know we've talked about this before about how like, like temperament wise, Pedri is Iniesta and Gavi is Xavi, but I just think it's even more entertaining now. Um, yeah, that they're both wearing their numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they definitely are fitting into those rules quite well, but is um, um, looking good. Um, yeah. Other note, Dortmund won again. They beat Leverkusen away, which um, I it's like Leverkusen's first loss at home 
all season or and some significant amount of time it's been like 10 games or something like that so very good on Dortmund they actually you know didn't concede like it wasn't like a goal fest like the last few games they 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 held in the back um they looked very good um and it's tough for for the Bundesliga is quite tight right now so it's it's gonna be an entertaining Um, second half of the season I also just want to Kareem Adeyemi um was the first goal scorer for Dortmund and it was his first Bundesliga goal and I think he's great he came from Salzburg I have I think he's a tremendous talent um that we're going to be hearing about for a while um so i'm glad for him too it's surprising that it took him that long maybe but i think that he's he's settled in um which is reassuring i think for Dortmund fans especially yeah well he didn't play a ton at the start of the season and then royce got hurt so he's been playing more and yeah and and he he does seem like he's finally settled and he's young but i'm very very happy to see him finally get on the score sheet so that's exciting um, it was a good game, the, good win for Dorman. Yeah, and then our last tour around Europe will end with what happened today, which, okay, it's not like we go shopping around for things to maybe make fun of Mbappe about, but this is kind of funny. Do you want to explain? Sometimes they just sometimes they just land in our lap, okay? And we can't not talk about them. Um, so you want to explain what happened today? PSG um, was playing this afternoon in um in a legal match uh and they won the game oh yeah three one but yeah they won the game but quite early uh in the game they got a pk yeah mbappe um went to take the pk he missed it um and then they had to retake the PK that he missed because he the goalkeeper was off his line. Yep. And then Mbappe missed it again. And then yep. the rebound, he also missed. Sailed it right over the net. So if you're counting with me, two saves, one miss in one little go. Yep. Um, and and then, that was quite early in the game. I think it was in like the first 10 minutes or so. Um, and then about 10 minutes later, he got hurt. Yep. And came off. Yep. Um, we don't know what the significance of the injury is. Um, as the BBC article I read stated, they are like two weeks away from playing Bayern in the Champions League. So yeah. I think PSG um, fans are hoping that he's going to be fine. But um I, I, I someone else on that. Um, I believe it's a hamstring, which yes. is a little bit concerning, certainly, yeah. um, for a player that relies on explosive speed, um, the way mm-hmm. that Mbappe does. But it's worth noting he has not scored in his last four games in Ligue 1, Mbappe. Yeah. Um. So there's that. Um. Obviously, we never want players to get injured never Um, want anyone to get injured so and I actually very much love to see Mbappe like get embarrassed on the pitch (laughs) so um yeah well and 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 it all like whatever like I hope he's okay nonetheless it was we're laughing anyone but just to be clear we're laughing at the penalty situation not that he got hurt yes we are we are laughing Um, at the fact that he missed two penalties and then the rebound (laughs) and then we are noting that he got injured because it has 
larger and greater larger implications, implications, especially yeah. for the Champions League knockout stages that are coming up uh, very quickly. And also so. just, I think I'd be, if I were an Mbappe fan or a PSG fan, I'd probably be worried at large outside of the, the Champions League as well, because we've seen with a lot of players how recurrent um, hamstring issues can be. And if this yeah. is a hamstring issue, um, I'd be very concerned because we've seen how much issue, like recurrent issues hamstrings can be, especially when it's for an explosive player that, you know, relies on that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I agree. Um, um, hopefully he didn't tear anything, but yeah, um, that is, not, I, yeah, I think we yet. can all hope that is not the case. Um, All right, so our last last piece, um, and I actually have to pull this up, but the U.S. women's national team has come out with their um, roster for the She Believes She Believes Cup. Sorry, that's yep. so long to articulate. Um, my brain is tired, um, and we just wanted to run through that quickly. Um, notable things. Nothing, nothing super, super notable um, on this roster. Like I will say um, there's, there's a couple of people who are still out. Um, yeah. Like for various reasons, Mewis uh, has had a really, really Sam Mewis. There's two Mewis. There's two Mew eyes. There's so two. Yeah. Specific. <laughs> Is that um, the, uh, the official um, plural term now? <laughs> I guess Christy Mewis is on the squad. Yeah. Um, Sam Mewis um, it has had a really hard time recovering from her knee injury and she just had another surgery. So um, that's really, really unfortunate to hear. Um, yeah. She's such an important part of the squad. So that's, that's really disappointing. Um, but, you know, she's still out um, a bunch of the, none of the injured, notable injured players, you know, Tobin Heath, uh, Kristen Press, uh Katarina Vicario none of them are back in the roster yeah um notably hold on I'm trying to read this right um Lynn Williams is in there which is a, which is fun she played really well um recently Trinity Rodman is still there Mallory Swanson formerly Pew um yeah. for Wait, those of you who are not aware me. that confused yeah, me so much when i first saw she it. got married she got married i knew that she got married too but i don't know why i wasn't like considering that she was going to change her last name and then i was like yeah i know well, they don't all they no. don't always change their names like sam mewis is married but yeah yeah she's still mewis yeah um and you know alex morgan also married still alex right. morgan so they don't always yeah. change their names so it is throwing me off although i remember i mean it threw me off we got used to julie Ertz, but um who is also still out um yeah but um yeah God. there are a lot of people now that i'm when, looking at when, this just because we referred to her as jj for the longest time that like yeah and then it was her, like oh obviously zach Ertz was on the philadelphia eagles at that at time, time so it yeah. was like so it was, oh my goodness look at them um I was gonna um, say, um, I, I hadn't, I guess I hadn't paid close enough attention to who was still injured, or who was not injured anymore. But I, I do feel like I feel like there are people. I obviously thinking ahead to the Olympics. Most people will be back. Um, the World Cup, you mean? Oh, so sorry, World Cup. Excuse me. Um, 
so I don't think that's really something to worry about but I had kind of forgotten that there were a, a number of significant injuries but I like I don't think that yeah that's um, too much I had just forgotten I guess I hadn't looked at like a most recent lineup um in a little while so it it is worth noting um that Tierna Davidson who has also torn her ACL um I know is going she is she's in the later stages of recovery and she is going to camp um so she's going to be with them at training camp but she's not on the roster so she's not going to play but it's it's yeah promising to see that she's going to go train with the team um the only notable absence that I don't know off the top of my head uh is Sophia Smith um I don't know if she picked up an injury maybe recently, but I'm wondering, I'm looking it up right now because I yeah, didn't hear anything that about her the, being injured, that was but she's one. not in the roster, so, okay, it does look like she picked up an injury, I guess. Are they playing right now? The NWSL is in no, season, are they? they're not. They're okay. not, but apparently Sophia Smith has a foot problem, so, so oh, she's okay. out. Um, that that makes sense because I was like, "Where is Sophia Smith?" I was I like, mean, "I just assume that she must have been injured because obviously you don't exclude her from the squad." Otherwise, the only other one that I would notably, the only other person who's like sticking out to me as missing, um, is uh recently drafted first pick, um, high school senior, uh, Alyssa Thompson. Um, yeah. She is not in this roster, which is potentially just because she's a senior in high school and she's got to graduate. Um, yeah, I was going to say, it might just be... I, um, she's, she's not exactly a mainstay in the roster, but this is something where I might have expected to see her, um, but she is not in this roster. So that's the only one I really noticed as, like, where, where are you at yeah. off the top of my head? I would um, also say she's someone who I think, obviously, you are looking towards the world cup in the summer maybe as um someone who could be on the roster for yeah, sure someone yeah who's going to be on that roster um so but um yeah it should be fun to watch these games um i don't know again i don't know how much really they're going to be able to tell us about i think they might be able to tell us some about like individual players going into the world cup i don't know if it'll really be able to tell us all that much about um the, the, team the team as a whole compared to other teams just because we don't really have what we probably would think would be the starting lineup yeah there. there's gonna um, be at least a couple of players um that are not in this roster that we will most notably macario and and smith yeah um, yeah i, I are, would are say the most, are two main people probably who need two to be. main main ones who are probably starters if they're healthy um should be starters should be if they're healthy i would should be starters say. if they're healthy yeah. yeah um so we will be missing the two of them but it'll be interesting um because we will play canada and brazil um yeah. it's canada brazil and japan are the other teams in the she believes cup this year um so it is it is a high level of competition it's it's all good teams um so it should be it should be interesting it will it will be worth watching um i don't know how super telling it will be again about the summer um just because of the injuries and things yeah. like that but worth we'll noting it's worth, worth seeing uh, i mean it's worth seeing how we play um you can kind of get a little bit of a feel so i think it'll be fun um yeah some good soccer to watch um but 
that sort of wraps it up for us. Um, I hope it was shorter. I hope we stood by what we said and said that it was actually shorter, um, but we won't know um, right now. Uh, but we will be back next week. Premier League is back. There are a couple of good WSL games, I think, actually. So uh-huh. there will be plenty to talk about. Um, and we're really like full steamed into the second half of the season. Champions League is starting in two weeks. So um, we're going to be busy. Yeah, we are. Um, so let's hope that everyone is prepared. Um, but we will <laughs> talk to you, uh, aka us, is hopefully we're prepared. Um, but we will um, be back next week with another episode. That's all for this week. We'll see you next week on Kicking Balls.